your turn to be afraid. Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt podcast. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Nerds from the Crypt podcast. We have a special episode for you today as we talk to the creator of a very cool comic titled Voodoo Detective, and it is currently in the Kickstarter phase. With me again in the, for this episode is Jason. How are you doing today? Hey, guys. It's Jason Gelker. I'm here again, um, visiting for my third time now on the show. I'm going to let our next guest introduce and tell us a little bit about himself. Hey guys, my name is R. Thomas Favino. I'm the writer-creator of Voodoo Detective, and I am super stoked to be here today. So, um, do you want, do you want to just call you Richard, Rick? What do you, what would you like us to call you? Uh, you, you know, it probably call me. It's gonna be confusing, right? Because, uh, so it's Rick, but then I write as R. Thomas, because uh, I thought that was cool when I was 14. So, uh, just call me <laughs> Rick. It's probably, it's probably a lot easier if you just call me Rick. <laughs> So um, um, I'm gonna go ahead and leave that in the in the in the podcast. That way, people will know. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel like that's something I'm gonna have to say a lot for like until it just like sticks. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, like I don't know. You guys familiar with like uh, J. Michael Straczynski, the yeah. writer? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's I was like, man, that's super cool. I'm gonna do that when I make comics, and I did it, and I was like, man, that's kind of confusing. <laughs> so well let's let's get um let's ask you some questions here okay. first of all uh we, we like i already said you're starting a comic book or have already pretty much finished it right you're just getting yeah, it, trying to get it um uh... it's fully produced uh my team and i put together the first book in the voodoo detective series it's uh called old wounds and other tales it's a 48 page uh, occult pulp horror comic series uh that uh we are kickstarting for the print run of the book and as of, I think it was a couple of days ago, we actually hit our initial funding goal. So we are for sure making this book. It's, it's definitely going to happen. Oh, congratulations That's, on that. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it was super good. It happened a lot faster than I, I really was ready for, uh, which is obviously good problems. But uh, so I had to, had to really kind of hunker down and figure out my stretch goals a little quicker than I, than I thought I was going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's good to hear that i mean that's a good problem to have right oh yeah absolutely 100 percent good problem to have so, so rick uh, what got you started in comic books uh like reading them as a fan or writing them because i guess it's it's a long story I, it starts when i was like six years old and uh i fell in love with comics when i found a box in my uh, grandparents garage that belonged to my uncle from when he was uh younger and i just sat there and poured over these things for hours and uh, I was in, man, like I was in love. I, I it, it hooked me right then, and I, I've been reading ever since. So it's almost like almost 30 years. Um, so yeah, I was I was just a fan, honestly, like all growing up, uh, like you know, through high school and stuff. And I think I was in my early 20s, and I read um, I read Ed Brubaker and uh, Greg Rucka's Gotham Central. Oh yeah. And I, and I was like, I want to do this. Like this, it, it hit me <laughs> such. It was so powerful to me, like the storytelling. Like the characters, everything. I was like, I was like, okay, I, if I want to make this kind of stuff, so I think I, I think it was like 24, 25 when that happened, and I was like, that's that's it. I'm gonna, I don't know how to do this, but I'm gonna figure it out, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. And it took me like 10 years <laughs> to finally get there. <laughs> and um, well, as long as you get there, right? Yeah, that's all that matters. I told myself, I I, uh, <laughs> I said I had a I had a 10 year plan. I was like, if it's gonna, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but if I can do it in 10 years, I'm, I'm going to do it. And if I don't do it in 10 years, then obviously I didn't want to do it. And I, uh, no joke, I had my first story published 
it was something like a month before my 35th birthday. So like I just barely eked in that 10 year mark. I, I made it. Now your first published was, uh, oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry there. <laughs> oh, you were going to ask the same thing I was going to ask. Basically, was it your first published story, the, the, the old wounds in Twisted Pulp? Uh, it was, um, it was, yeah, Midnight Offering in Twisted Pulp. Yeah, oh, that okay, was the gotcha. very first thing that I had produced. I, uh, so I had spent, gosh, I think it was like three-ish years trying to produce something before then, and, uh, it just, it just kept falling through. So I, um, I was at a point where I was focusing on trying to do smaller stories just to break in, and, and that was the one that did it for me, uh, luckily, because that was, uh, that would, it was pretty close to the, to my, to my timeline ending. <laughs> you and I have a funny connection. Uh, Kelly Williams did the cover art on Twisted Pulp. And right, he yeah. actually was the artist on my first published story that came out last year also. Oh, really? Where, what was your, what was your uh, story? Mine was uh, Lycanthroman. It was in uh, Alterna's If Anthology oh, last year. Oh, dude, that's so – I read that. I didn't realize that was you. That's super awesome, man. Congratulations on that. Oh, thanks, man. You yeah. know, I, I had read your story in Twisted Pulp, so I, I already knew who you were before, like, I friended you on Facebook. So, oh, right on. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, cool. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So was... let me ask you this. Um, books or in any other media, who was your biggest um, influence? Um, so honestly, man, comics takes up like 95% of, of what I look at, like, um, with the storytelling and stuff. I mean, I, I like movies and, and there's, there's novels that I read, but most of my influences are, are, are comic creators. Um, so like I said, I mean, Ed Brubaker and Greg Rucka, cause they were like, the, mm-hmm. they were the spark. Um, they're, they're definitely high on my list. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis is also really high. I really, I thought I was going to be, I guess I say I'm going to be, I, I don't know what I'm going to be. I just started doing this, but I told myself when I started, I was like, I'm going to do crime books. You know, I really was like, you know, Bendis, uh, Brubaker, those guys were like the crime kind of pulpy guys. And I was like, I want to do that. And I kind of have just kind of segued into this like kind of horror spot, which I'm totally cool with. So, um, but yeah, so a lot of my guys, the, the guys that I look up to early on are, are, are guys that were really deep in like the crime pulp kind of noir stuff. Have you um, ever read that? It's, it's more like noir style. It's called uh, Footprints uh, by Joey Esposito. No, I haven't, but I will definitely check it out because I'm always on the lookout for more stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's um, it's actually collected works now, and mm-hmm. what it is, it's a PI investigative team that is um, made up of Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, Chupacabra, Jersey Devil, oh, and right. Sasquatch. Yeah, oh, that's, so. that's right up my alley. You know, I, I feel like I should also point out, too, uh, Warren Ellis is a huge influence on me. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys are familiar. He did a book with Avatar. It's it's one of his characters he's done a few things with, but it's called Gravel. It's uh, his combat magician, this guy named William Gravel, who uh, literally, that's what he does. He's he's a like, British Army uh, guy who's a combat magician. Anyways, he, he they, I, I picked up his book where he like comes back to London and he, he's got this crazy, like uh, he's one of the seven minor magicians of, of Britain and he's, he gets ousted while he's gone. He's trying to figure out why like that, that story itself, the, the, the pacing of it. Um, it was like a single issue stories that all built on like a, this longer narrative. And uh, that was a huge influence on how I wanted to tackle the, the voodoo detective stories. Um, so like uh, planetary is probably one of my favorite works of all time. Uh, oh, yeah. It's very similar in that same thing with the kind of one-off stories that just slowly build up this crazy mythology. So we already talked that 
the voodoo detective um, character came out in the in the what was it called the other anthology? Uh, yeah, it was out of the blue twisted pulp. It was their third volume. And how did you come up with this this detective um, character? Did you already ha- kind of have him in mind, or did it come um, mm. when you were doing this? No, it totally came from the idea that I really, really, really wanted to get published. And the, uh, I mean, that was my focus. So the idea was like Twisted Pulp and it was, you know, it was like heavy on the pulp influence. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I was like, I mean, this is, this is kind of my bag anyways. So I was like, whatever I do, I want something that as soon as you hear it, you, you know exactly what it is. And, and Voodoo Detective is what I came up in my mind. And uh, from there, like the, the character just immediately appeared in my head. So it was definitely the, the name first. And then, and then from there, the character and, and, the, and the world building. <laughs> Um, yeah, man, I love the name. Like, like you said, as soon as you hear it, you just you already know what the story, you know, is gonna be basically, mm-hmm. and you'll you'll know right after that if this is something for you or something not for you, and, and the whole world itself really feels fleshed out. I can tell, like, oh. right off the bat, that you New Orleans is a real place, obviously, but your version of it seems very real. Oh man, I really appreciate you saying that. I did. I tried really hard. I mean, I'm a research guy, so like, I think I would I would do that anyways. So I think as soon as I was like, okay, voodoo detective. So I'm like, I really need to get a, a really solid understanding of, of voodoo because all, all we really, you know, most of us know is what we see in mostly comics and TV shows. And it's usually, um, I think we say pretty nefarious, right? Like voodoo yeah. usually gets kind of a bad rap. So I was like, I knew I didn't want that. And I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm a big fan of, um, of Brother Voodoo, uh, yeah. Dr. Voodoo. I prefer mm-hmm. Dr. Voodoo personally. Um, so I, I mean, you know, he's a hero, and I, and so I was like, you know, it, it's it's not a bad. I mean, it's it's a whole culture and religion. So I was like, whatever I do here, I want to make sure that it's something that um, feels fleshed out. So I, I did. I'm like, I don't even know, like a serious, like this giant binder full of uh, voodoo inspired ideas and and like mythology stuff. Yeah, it's kind of like the whole uh, white magic, black magic kind of thing, but with voodoo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's not one or the other it's really in how you use it and that's something that i wanted to tap into with uh with the character uh jackson delmon the the voodoo detective um was that idea that it's it's more in how you use it not not what you use per se um because it's all it's all just yes i guess essentially you know energy if you want to <laughs> go that way with it so um yeah how yeah how you use it was more important than than anything i first started reading the the um comic book because you send it over so i can you know read it ahead of time mm-hmm. uh, i saw the, the title old wind another tale so i'm like oh well, i wonder if it's just going to be like, like anthology type mm-hmm. title uh, and when actually when i finished the first story i was like oh man i want to i want to keep reading more about what happened right afterwards and then the <laughs> second one picks up and it kind of picks up um in a totally different place so i'm like oh what, what happened but right. then at the end you kind of kind of ties it all together which is um which is pretty cool, I think, it, that you can get these different stories and but still keep a narrative going. Yeah, that was dude, that was so exactly what I wanted to do with these stories. Um, I knew I, it was it was a combination of things, right? Like I, I knew that this might be the only thing that I do fully for myself, so I wanted to do as much as I could. And um, you know, I, I kind of feel like four stories in one, you you feel like as a reader, they're going to get a lot. You can do hopefully more you know i kind of have to do less per story and that was really about trying to get like show up late and leave early type of a mentality so i'm super (laughs) glad that you were like hey i want to know more because that's the feeling i wanted the readers to have to be like oh man it wait wait but what about that thing you know and then we're on to the next one um 
And uh, so, yeah, and then to tie it back up in the end, that was also super important because I kind of feel like it is an anthology style story, but there is there is like um, an overarching uh, story within. So I want you to be able to, sh you know, to be like, okay, well, where are we at with this? And then and then out of nowhere, be able to tie it back together. Um, so cool. I'm, I'm glad that you I'm glad that you dug that, man. That was totally intentional. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then not only that, that even something good or doing something that he believes is, is the right thing to do. It, sometimes it doesn't seem like he did the right thing at the end. Um, yeah. Right. They, I'm talking yeah, about, so I, I'm talking about one. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. There, so that's another thing too. I wanted to, um, I, with, with having four stories, you know, I think it's, it could have been really easy to just kind of tell the same type of story where Jackson shows up, he was, you know, handles a problem, walks away the good guy. <laughs> But I feel like he's more complicated than that. Um, there's um, there's a lot of backstory that I know that I, I'm I'm super stoked to hopefully be able to to flesh out in time. But I, I knew that Jackson's not always the kind of guy that he may think he's doing the right thing, but it may not look like the right thing, um, or he may not realize it's the it's not the right thing. Um, and so yeah, that's that's definitely another thing that was really intentional when I was when I was crafting these tales. Uh, is there anything, anything, um, oh, yeah, I know you say you want to flesh out the stories, mm -hmm. but is, is this pretty much the, what you want to do now from just continue fleshing this out? Or do you want to do like other stories go, go into different directions? Um, I do. I mean, I, I definitely have, I definitely am one of those, you know, I have a ton of ideas and I, I definitely have more ideas than I have written pages at this point. So, um, I mean, right now I think it's, I think it's definitely important to, if, you know, if, if the audience is there, I, I want to keep my audience and you know, I would hate to just do this one book, have people be like, Oh, that's super cool. And then you don't hear about it again for like a year or two. So I, um, we just uh, hit up the stretch goals on the Kickstarter and, uh, a few of those towards the end are about helping to fully produce the next book so we can really just jump right back into it because I know what the next book is about and um, it's all pretty well fleshed out. I just need to go ahead and tighten it up with the script. So I'd love to just keep this going. I mean, there's a, I have a basically like a five book arc because I'm calling each one of these, these collected uh, volumes a book. I think it um, actually kind of makes it a little easier for people to jump on and not feel like they're, you know, if I called it a number one and I didn't come back for like six months to a year with a number two, you might lose interest. But um, I'm kind of taking a page out of uh, uh, Mignola's book here with Hellboy and just doing these smaller things so that you're OK with waiting in between because, you know, when you come back, it's it, but hopefully it's it's uh, it's worth the wait. So you like we already talked. Yeah. So oh, we already yeah. talked about your um, your Kickstarter campaign pretty much being funded pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about maybe some of your stretch goals that are going on from, from here on or what you've already may have hit or? Yeah, for sure. So we are, so what I did, um, as I literally just crafted these like a couple of days ago. So we just put them out. I think it was yesterday or the day before. Um, so right after funding the book, I wanted to make sure that my backers, cause I had, I, I gotta be honest, I had, I had far more backers than I, I ever could have dreamed of coming into this as a, a first time Kickstarter creator, you know, and as a guy who's really only had at this point, like two kind of small publishing credits to his name. Um, I had, I had a, a huge amount of family and friends and, and, and fans, even people who were super stoked to see uh, more about the voodoo detective uh, that they came out in droves. So I really wanted to make sure I gave them at least something right off the bat once we funded. So we've already got bookmarks that I'm, I'm going to get printed up 
collectible bookmarks for their um, to go with the campaign. And uh, then I think we're doing like uh, we're gonna do a sticker pack because I like stickers <laughs> and I have a I have a seven year old <laughs> daughter and she loves stickers. So uh, when we when I back Kickstarter's and there's stickers involved, um, we're both super stoked. So I wanted to add that to our campaign. And then uh, we're doing some collectible pins. And then from that point, we're going to add Midnight Offering, um, if we can get to that, add Midnight Offering back into the book. So it'll be like a 56-page book. And then from there, after that, it'll be uh, helping to fund uh, each of the next four stories uh, in the next, and in book two. Is there anything that you can actually talk to us about, about the future of, uh, of the series? Um, right now, as far all as I ideas can say, or... uh, for, I'm sorry, as far as what? Ideas or anything like that, anything that you would want to share? Oh, or? yeah, so, well, I... I don't want to give away any spoilers. So obviously we end yeah. on a bit of a cliffhanger uh, that kind of, mm -hmm. again, ties everything together. Um, we're going to, we're going to tap into that some more, but there's a lot of other things I want to do with Jackson as a character in the next few stories. Um, Cause a lot of these were very action based. You know, I wanted, I kind of with a, with a first collection, I, I wanted to go out and, and, and not kind of not maybe bore the reader a bit with too much. Um, so Jackson was very action based. And I think, Moving forward, I want to tap into kind of a little bit more of how Jackson thinks as he goes into things. Um, there's so there's something kind of I'm pretty stoked about it. Um, the so I think with all the like the art and stuff that we've seen, Jackson has these um, essentially they're they're um, more like scarification kind of tattoos on his arm of, of two snakes mm -hmm. and and spoiler alert. Uh, they're magic, <laughs> and and they they you know they they come out and they and they uh, help Jackson when he needs. Um, so they're, they're, that's more that's a deeper relationship than I was able to delve into uh, with the first collection. So going into the second one, I want to delve a bit more into into those mm -hmm. the relationship between Jackson and them, what they are, um, and kind of how 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 they work together, like what 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 is, what it is that they are. I think that's um, something I was super stoked when I figured it out. So I was I hope everyone else is stoked when they when they find out. <laughs> What I wanted to ask you is if if you're able to answer without giving any spoilers away, mm -hmm. is how you came up with those those snakes, um, or does that actually give it away? Uh, no, no, no. Um, I think I wanted. Um, okay, so let, let me backtrack real quick. So before I came up with Voodoo Detective, um, uh, I was so one of the editors on the Twisted Pulp anthology is uh, Corey Fryer, and uh, he was a buddy of mine from when I backed his Doctor Crow Kickstarter. And we became friends and, you know, we would talk a lot. He, he reached out and was like, hey, you know, we're, we're looking to do another book and we're accepting submissions. So uh, it was kind of an open call thing. And he was like, so if you have any ideas, you want to run them by me first. So, you know, you can't. I'm totally available. And I came at him with this with this kind of I still kind of like it. Actually, it was a really good idea um, for another character who was kind of a. Uh, um, almost like a. Um, how do you how do I describe it? Like um like a debt collector for the dead was kind of this concept that I was going with <laughs> oh, okay. a, a guy that, yeah. Right. It sounds cool. Right. I was like, Oh, that's, yeah. that's super cool. Um, <laughs> and so I, kind of, I fleshed this whole thing out and, and in my mind, this guy was a character who had, uh, had uh, been damned um, and had been brought back to, to basically pay off his debt. And in my mind, he had these giant chains that were holding him down. And, and as he did these deeds, you know, the chains would fall off and, but he would use them as weapons. So it was kind of like this crazy idea that I had. And I, again, I still kind of like it. So I probably just gave that away to somebody who's going to take that and use it. <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, anyway, so like I think I took that concept with me when I shifted over into the voodoo detective because the backstory on that, that one character, I never even gave him a name. Uh, it 
really felt super complicated for a short story. So I was like, I, I think this is too big for um, for what I would try to do here. So with the Voodoo Detective, I think immediately I, I really liked that idea of the you know these kind of like ethereal weapons. Because, um, you know, I, I always, I don't know, I just think it's kind of cool. It's a, it's a kind of like a, a fun, almost sci-fi kind of a thing. You know, it's um, uh, in my mind, like a kind of like a high fantasy almost. So I think when I brought those in, I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to we're going to use that. I don't know. I don't know how, but we're going to we're going to figure it out. <laughs> so and the snakes kind of made sense. And I thought well, it would be cool. Like it kind of it's also really distinctive, I think, of his look. You know, it gives him a reason to have his sleeves rolled up and you can see this cool, you know, yeah. these cool designs on his arm. So I thought if nothing else, it also made him kind of unique. Well, it looks pretty cool when they come to life and um, or come out. I guess was, I'm not really sure what the word is, but <laughs> yeah, no, um, uh, you I mean, see them, you see them glow. Yeah. yeah, that was so, and that's a funny thing too. Um, so I got to give a huge shout out to Laura Lee, the colorist on the book, because I wanted them to be green snakes. In my mind, I was like, oh, snakes, they're green, right? That could be cool. And uh, when Laura came on the book, we were talking, and she was, um, she's really big into our. When we were talking, she was really big into the idea that. She felt like Jackson was a character who was maybe a little bit of like a, a neutral good type of a character. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and she was talking, she's like that, you know, uh, color theory type is like kind of a purplish tone. And she's like, it felt like right. Yeah, exactly. So when she brought it in, I was like, no, I, I mean, that, that's totally, yeah. uh, so it's awesome that you were thinking that way. And then when I saw it, I was like, no, these are, you're right. These are totally purple snakes. Like that's, there was no way they, were, they should have been <laughs> green. So like, yeah, it was huge props to her, but it, she had changed the book and for the better. God, she made great choices throughout the entire book. All the coloring just looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's such a phenomenal colorist. Yeah. I'm so I, stoked yeah. that she enjoys working with me. I really want to look her up so I can see some more of her work. She, Yeah, so she is actually also an artist as well. So uh, shout out. She actually has a webcomic that she does, I think, with her sister called uh, Ghost Junk Sickness. Um, so anybody who's – when you know, once you <laughs> okay. check it out, check her out. Yeah, she's and she's super cool. She's super fast. We'll put her. She literally would beat her own deadlines. She would tell me <laughs> she would have my pages done in a week, and I'd have them in five days. So, I mean, that's <laughs> – nice. you can't ask for anything more. Well, yeah. Well, uh, I'll ask you for that website again, and I'll put it in the in the description. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so um, – are you are you going to be just working exclusively for these other books, or do you want? Are you going to be branching out, maybe looking for other stories into um, submitting stories into anthologies, or? Uh, yes, I am. So I actually have a story in this year's um, Alterna If anthology. Um, nice. Yeah, super cool. The crime one. Uh, I, I hooked up with a, a guy by the name of Ross Radke, who um, we cooked up a story together that is way different than Voodoo Detective. It's um, it's um. I probably wouldn't have come up with this story by myself. So working with Ross was, uh, made it the story that it is. So super cool. So we're on that. And, um, I think they just put out, they just launched their Kickstarter and like successfully funded, if I'm not mistaken, the next anthology, if not the next two, I think, I think it was definitely the next one. So, um, I, I think I've got something I'd like to cook up for that. I like short stories. Um, as much as I like reading longer stories, I think I actually like telling short stories better. Um, at least right now, it, it, it keeps me, it kind of almost keeps me uh, like tight in my storytelling. I, I can't get lax with like five to eight pages. It also gets your I, name out there. Why... Yeah, yeah, no, and it does that too because the big part is like you have to you have to like make things. Like you actually have to write, you know, as a writer, you have to write the story and you have to either, if you're not an artist, you got to find somebody to produce it and you got to get it out there. So, yeah, that, I mean, it really is. It's, it's I, I feel like people really need to consider short stories if they're trying to break into comics early on. Yeah, I actually like the short stories. I like the way you, the way you did it. 
mm-hmm. it doesn't leave, it leaves you on a, on a cliffhanger, but it also answers some of the questions that you you've been putting throughout the throughout the book. So um, it's not like something. Well, let's just let's just um, throw it to like to Marvel, where sometimes their stories will hang for a couple of months with, and you don't you don't know where it's going to end. Right. Um, yeah. I think this way is 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 done um, beautifully. It, it, in your book number two, you can do the, pretty much the same thing, but you can also pick up from this. So yeah. I think. Um, yeah. No, exactly. There's um. Oh God, I'm so I don't. I, I would tell everybody about all the stuff I'm writing if I, if I did not have to pay for it. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, because I, you know, there's this thing I did, and we're totally gonna pick up on that. But that's a yeah, we'll have to wait for that. Yeah. <laughs> reason I was asking you about and mm-hmm. uh, submitting to anthologies is because I know uh, Russell Nolte is doing his follow up to his monsters and, and other scary shit um, anthology. I don't know if you read that one or, or uh, not. Yeah, but, I, I backed it. I, you know, I don't know that I've read it. I have to be honest. I, I it takes me sometimes a bit to go back in and read yeah. uh, the books I kickstarted. So I know that I have it. It's on my laptop. I just have to, <laughs> I have to read it. And I actually know Russ. So I have to say, Russ was probably the first guy that I reached out to when I started thinking that I might use Kickstarter. Um, and that dude is such a wealth of knowledge. Um, when it comes to how to one do Kickstarters and how to how to basically be a self publisher. Um, he's super, he was, for me, he was super valuable with, uh, with his time and, and, and teaching me things that I needed to know. So and I very, think, uh, motivational. Yeah, he really is very much like a go out there and do it. Don't tell me why you can't yeah. go out there and show me why you did it. We actually did, um, a review for his, for his, or interview with his, um, for the anthology that he did. Mm-hmm. And, um, he told me that he was going to come out with the second one. And then he finally did come out with the, the name of it, which is Cthulhu is hard to spell. Oh, and we, oh, even, oh, that's dope. That's a good name. <laughs> yeah, it's a great yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, and, he's, he's um, clever. He likes to, he's a bit tongue-in-cheek with his books, which I think is fun, right? If you remember it, if nothing else. He's a real marketing whiz, man. Every oh, time yeah. I see anything yeah, he does, definitely. him and Peter at Alterna are both really good at knowing what people want before they know it. Oh, yeah, the the whole newsprint stuff that, uh, yeah. that Peter put out. Like, he works so hard on that, and I'm so stoked to see that it's getting the love that it deserves because it's such a smart concept. I mean, people are going to pay $1.50 for a book. They're less likely to pay you know, $4 for it. And, and to make it cost-efficient mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and marketable is genius. So. Yeah, that's that's super smart. I hope that that's something that they continue to do so that they can every, pick up new readers. Every <laughs> issue has sold out at my local comic shop. Like really? probably within a day or two of release every time. Dude, that's that's so that's awesome. That's yeah. that makes me super happy for him because <laughs> yeah, I know how hard he was working on it and he got a lot of pushback. I feel like like there were some people who were like, oh, that won't work, and he proved them wrong, man. That's how you got to do it. Yeah, he got a lot of like I don't know if it's hate mail or what you would call it, but I saw him post a few things like people sent him that was just yeah messy. yeah and it was just like it's not gonna work and it's like uh let me try it first <laughs> like don't tell me not to do something <laughs> yeah like you don't know I don't know like I'm trying to figure it out let me go out there and figure it out <laughs> if, if you don't put yourself out there to fail you never know if it's gonna succeed or not so exactly right and obviously he was right he knew what he was doing so so kudos yeah. to him. There's like eight new titles so, coming out next year. It's crazy. Is it really? That, man, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome, man. That's so cool. Go back to, to Voodoo Detective. Uh, do mm-hmm. you have a timetable as far as when, um, once it closes, um, how far it'll be before you're able to get everything ready? Or uh, Like for, for like once the campaign ends, this for this first book? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, what I, if from everything I've learned from Kickstarter, it takes, you know, the campaign ends on the 30th of October. Um, and I, cause I, I was like, man, if you're going to 
do a horror book, you really kind of maybe just shoot for October. It's probably one of the better months to do it in, you know, I mean, if you're in the mindset. So, uh, like, the book is ready to go. We've, I mean, all the artwork is done, all the interior pages. The book is print ready. Um, so I think it takes, like, what, two weeks for Kickstarter to, to give you the fees or to give you the money back. And then from there, it's, like, between six and eight weeks, depends on shipping, um, to get the books out and printed and back to me. So my hope is to have them in the mail you know, before Christmas if I can, but I, I, I know that that's such a kind of a hectic time. Um, it, it, it may have to wait till after the first of the year, but hopefully no later than, you know, the first or second week of January, those books are in the mail and in people's, you know, so that, that's my plan. So I hope I can do it that quickly. I think just for your for your own sanity and um, mm-hmm. or sanity, I guess I almost said insanity. Um, for your own sanity, <laughs> I think you might want to wait till after Christmas yeah. just uh, not to worry about. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like even if I did it before then, my fear would be the delays. I mean, there's so many packages moving at that time that even if I got it out, it might take longer. Yeah. So, um, I think I have the Kickstarter saying, you know, January. I, obviously, I want to beat that because I want to be better than my expectations, but I, I may just have to meet them. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we'll see. So, yeah. There's any other, um, I know you already talked about a couple Kickstarter projects that you, you're willing to or look at or back. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you, um, any other friends or anything that you would want to do a shout out to? Uh, so guys that I got going right now that are doing books, you got uh, Garrett Gunn's second book in the Franklin Ghost series, uh, No Fox Given, is killing it on Kickstarter right now. Uh, Russ Nolte has that, um, is it, uh, uh, got Pixie Dust, right? Pixie, Pixie Dust, that's, yeah, uh, yeah. that's killing it right now. I mean, he's already funded. Uh, Garrett's already funded. Um, who else has books out right now? That's, um, God, what's that? Uh, Feast or Famine. It's, oh, and actually, I think it's getting printed by Alterna, but I cannot remember the creator's name off the top of my head right now. That looks super killer. I know he's a, a writer, artist combo, uh, and the book looks super beautiful. It's like an alternate kind of a science-based uh, future type book with like uh, an alternate Albert Einstein and uh, uh, shoot uh, Nikola Tesla, I think. And it's about, I think it's about them going out and save. Like I, I, the concept seems super far out oh, there, uh, but it seems super cool, cool too. So uh, yeah, um, God, now you're putting me on the spot. I'm trying to think of everybody else that I've backed that is currently on Kickstarter right now. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, if, if, if for anything, just let us know and we'll just put them in the description at least. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'll go back and look through and see. Uh, this morning I, I was followed by, uh, on Twitter by mm-hmm. Twilight Hotel Volume 1. Oh, yeah? And um, they lo- it looks pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. I-, I reached out to them and goes, when is your, your um, Kickstarter ending? And uh, they told me November 19th. Oh, okay, cool. So that's actually, and, so they must have just launched not too long ago. Yeah, and um, the reason I reached out to them is because I, I really would want them to be on the, on the, uh, on the podcast, but it's mm-hmm. just too, there's so many um things going on and then at the end of, at the, this time of the year it's really hard to to schedule a lot of things to go together so i'm um, like if anything i can at least give them a shout out and tell them you know um if you all have volume one there's the kickstarter and i'll put the description on the on the uh the link on the description so you guys can check it out it looks pretty cool yeah for sure absolutely um so yeah so um is there anything else you want to uh, let us know about um, the comic book, about uh, anything specific or or just anything you want to let us know? Uh, so 
Let me think. So let, let's let's uh, we're talking to people who maybe haven't backed the book yet. Um, so I would say if you are a fan of books like Doc Unknown or Hellboy um, or even books like Dr. Crow, indie kind of pulp horror action comics, um, you know, and you're looking for something that uh, is, is new and different that uh, is going to go somewhere, then, then check out Voodoo Detective because uh, uh, that's what we want to do. And that's, that's what we're doing. That's what we want to keep doing with the book. You got my recommendation. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna, and, yeah, so if you're going to back the book, definitely go for that T-shirt. It looks amazing. If you get on Kickstarter and take a look at that, I love the design on it. Oh, man. I Yes, I will say thank you for that. That was absolutely intentional, and we wanted something that people who maybe didn't necessarily read comics would still be like, that's a cool shirt. I, I want that at least. <laughs> yeah. And we'll just throw in a digital copy of the book anyways. <laughs> and who, who did the design for the t-shirt? Uh, so Dominic Black is the artist, is the series artist. And uh, I had him work up a couple of images um, so that the, excuse me, I'm calling them totem images that work as um, in chapter breaks for the book. But he worked up six of them. So there's, there's these six totem images with the, mm -hmm. uh, the logo attached on a white on a black shirt and it, I, I gotta say jason's right it, it, it looks pretty damn cool um it ended up being uh it's, it's dominic's artwork and my design and I, I i worked on it a ton to get something that i thought kind of had like a garage rock band feel to it that you would you maybe really wouldn't know what it was about but it was cool and you wanted <laughs> you wanted to know a little bit more yeah and the uh i need to you you said that we're talking about the bookmarks is that yes. just going to be artwork from the book, or is that going to be original artwork? So, well, that that is actually that is going to be artwork that appeared in. So, we did an ash can for the book um, in March of this year because uh, Dominic was like, "Hey, so I'm going to Emerald City Comic Con," and I was like, "Oh, there's an opportunity there." I was like, "If I can work up some DIY ash cans, you know, would you be cool just handing them out to people and seeing if they got them interested?" And he was like, "Yeah, absolutely." So, I think I ended up sending him something like 50 or 75. I can't remember. Uh, ash cans, but he I needed a cover because all I had at the time were the stories we we hadn't gotten to the cover stage yet so we did um we did the midnight offering and then some like behind the scenes stuff and then a small tease of the first two pages of old wounds and I asked him if he could work up a cover so he ended up doing um, <clears throat> a cover for that and so we're using that image of Jackson uh, he's with his snakes out and he's he's chilling with his uh with his uh, staff and uh, oh, so that's okay. our that's our bookmark for that and then um. Yeah, so the like the stickers and the and the the pins, the button pins that I want to do are, cause cause those totem images to me are so cool. Like they they really are just um, like the the owl and the snake and stuff and the, the skulls and the teeth and the eyes. Like it's just kind of jarring a bit. And it, um, so I, we want to use those for the stickers and the pins as well. Um, you know, if we can get the additional backers and the extra funding to get to those stretch goals. So uh, is there any cons or anything like that coming up or that you'll be at? Uh, not as not as a not as a seller because <laughs> I, I, I don't think the book's going to be, you know, like in my hand until probably like early December. And I think con season is pretty much okay. over. I was hoping to actually try yeah. to get on the Wizard World Austin one because I think that's in November, but I'm not going to have the merchandise at that point. So I may try to go just as a fan. Um, I haven't been in a couple of years because I've been super busy. Uh, I always seem to be busy right around that time. Um, but yeah, so my hope actually, I'm, you know, fingers crossed, I'd love to be able to at least head out maybe to Seattle and do Emerald City Comic Con this year. Um, I know Dom lives in uh, close by. He's in the uh, Washington area. 
So I thought maybe if nothing else, him and I could meet up and uh, maybe just <laughs> hand out some books. <laughs> there you but go. But <laughs> we haven't even talked about that, so he probably is going to be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you heard it here first, dog. There you go, guys. Exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> so um, since our podcast is, is mainly uh, horror movies, mm-hmm. I would have wanted to ask you, what is your favorite horror movie icon? Um, so I am without a doubt, my favorite horror movie icon is the, the old, um, Lon Chaney werewolf, uh, nice. man. Yeah, absolutely. So Wolfman, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm super big into those old universal studios, horror movie monsters. Like as a kid, I thought they were fascinating, like Bella Lugosi, um, Carl ball off, uh, Carl, sorry, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, when I like the werewolves in general, are probably my all time favorite horror movie, uh, monster. It was crazy with when um, the, the Wolfman came out. They mm-hmm. did kind of a transition scene. It was really more just like two two shots kind of superimposed. But I think it was for that time. It was pretty pretty well um, filmed. Yeah, no, I mean it was really cool. I always think like werewolf transformations are super hard to do. Like I think you, you know yeah. you can very easily be super cheesy if you if you're doing like prosthetics and stuff like that if you're not careful with your lighting and stuff. So I'm always like the best werewolf transformations. So like uh, you know American Werewolf in London is still probably the absolute best mm-hmm. on-screen werewolf transformation of all time because it looks so painful. <laughs> like like it's good. So <laughs> yeah, I remember as a kid that scared the that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, just curious. Uh, you, when you said that when you were a kid, you found the box of comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember any uh, characters in particular? Oh, dude, it was it was like a bevy of sixties and seventies, just Marvel and DC. So like Spider Man, Superman, Batman. I was super big into the Green Lantern as a kid. Um, I, I think that's probably the comic that I remember most. Um, and the, the number's gonna escape me now, but I remember looking at those. And it was it was this cover where it was like Hal Jordan was somehow like in the future and he was being like he was having like trash and stuff thrown at him by like <laughs> the people in the future. And it was like, I don't know whatever the year was. It was like 30, 36, 77 is a great time to visit or it's like a, a great place to visit, but you wouldn't want to stay. And for some reason, I thought that cover <laughs> was so damn cool. Like I have it. I actually have it um, framed on my wall, which makes me sound like a dummy because I can't remember the number. Uh, but those those covers back then were so cool to me because I think for a run there they were like the least super heroic comic book covers. They were always how Jordan <laughs> either getting punched or like beaten or like failing, and I was like, this is not at all what you see on like a Superman cover or like a Batman cover. So I think for some reason I I, I remember that. I'm like, God, those covers were definitely not what you were getting everywhere else. Right. Um... Do you have anything, uh, anything else you want to plug or anything like that? I think we've covered a, a lot of the stuff you're working on. and but uh, Yeah, that's pretty much – that's all I've got. I mean, the Kickstarter is taking up all of my time right now, and I think once once that ends and, you know, the, everything's over, I can take a deep breath and then hopefully maybe get back into some more stories with it. Well, like I said before, I do recommend this this uh, – or what do you call it, volume, uh, book one? Uh, I, we're calling it book one. I do recommend book one. It is very entertaining. You go do it really quickly. It is a, a longer than your usual um, comic book, so you get you get what you pay for, and it's um it's very entertaining and it leaves you wanting more. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate you saying that. Hey, Rick, where can we follow you at? Uh, so you can follow me mostly. Me personally, you can follow me mostly on Facebook and on Twitter, where I'm I'm getting better at tweeting. 
Um, but right now we have, uh, we've had a, a Voodoo Detective uh, Facebook page where we do all the posting for the Kickstarter um, and shares, um, you know, all the, the stuff that's got going on there. So if you want to check out the book specifically, you can, you can go there. If not, uh, I'm on Facebook at Rick Favino and on Twitter at R. Thomas Favino. And Great. we'll um, be adding that all the links that we talked about, we'll be putting them in the description in the, in the, for the episode. Well, um, I'd like to thank you, uh, Rick, for, for showing up for here for the, uh, for the show, for the episode. Um, if you have anything else coming out in the near future, I would love for you to come back and we can go ahead and talk about your next projects. Oh, man, thanks so much for having me, and this was a blast, and I will absolutely come back because I apparently like talking about myself a ton. <laughs> <laughs> as, I think people will will listen to you talk as, as long as you um, give them th- things to talk about. They're right. not going to... They're not going to care what, what you're talking about, who you're talking about, as long as, as long as you give them something to talk about. There you go. That That's it, right? <laughs> All right, guys. So we'll, we'll leave it there. And uh, I think I've been, I've been saying that for the last couple of episodes here that we're going to be doing Stranger Things next. Um, oh, sweet. So with, a, with a lot of the, these episodes or these actually interviews coming kind of um, – all of a sudden, they kind of jumped in Stranger Things, but that will be coming soon. So we'll see you guys next time. You guys can follow us here at, on Twitter at NerdsFTC, on Facebook, Nerds, uh, Nerds from the Crypt Podcast, and it's um, you can also find it at NerdsFTC on, on Facebook as well. And uh, Or just follow me on um, on Twitter at Perspective. And Jason, um, you're, you're on Twitter, right? Yeah, I met Jason Gelker on Twitter and same on Facebook. All right, guys. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you very much for for joining us, and um, we'll see you guys next time for Stranger Things. Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt podcast.